Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Hello Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel. And I'm your host, Alex. Thanks for tuning in. We're here to talk about what it's really like to own a coffee shop, behind-the-scenes experiences, and valuable things we've learned over the past few years while running our business. And don't forget to catch our weekly episode and keep listening for a chance to win a year's worth of coffee subscription. On this episode, we'll be interviewing Randy with Intentional Espresso, a local coffee catering cart. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here. Um, We are so excited to talk to you about Intentional Espresso and your coffee and catering experience. What got you into catering and how did you start? Well, first, thanks for having me on here. It's a lot of fun and uh, really excited. What got me into coffee catering is um, prior to coffee, I I was in small business, helped run small businesses, and then I started working in coffee, started at Starbucks, then I started going to college, fell in love with coffee, Mm -hmm. wanted to learn more, realized there's more to Starbucks and there's more to coffee than just Starbucks. Seriously. And then I've always had an entrepreneur mind and just drive to create stuff. And I just started asking uh, friends and different sales communities that hire catering in if they like ideas. And they'd mentioned they'd hired in catering carts mm-hmm. and just weren't satisfied with the, the value or the product that they yeah. received for the price. And so at first I said, no, I don't want to do that. Or they do a cafe. It seems more more extravagant and neat to do. Yes. And it's something more I was under, more things that I can understand. And then the more I started digging in, I started realizing, well, the overhead cost is lower. Better can, margins. Be, so Much true. better margins. Oh, my. Um, yeah. Shorter days. <laughs> much, depending on what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then I went, just took a leap of faith and found a friend that can fabricate something and started researching different card designs and looking at um, what they look like, what I liked, and realized the ones that I did were extremely too expensive for mm-hmm. what I wanted. Like capsules were like thirty grand, and I was like, "There's no way you can recover your investment in, in spending thirty dollars, thirty thousand for that." And yeah. Hold on. So capsule is a cart? Yeah, it's a cart system. Okay. okay. Great. They're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful carts. If they serve a purpose for what I was trying to do, that was my max total budget. Right. And I would prefer to have an espresso machine, all the equipment, and trailer and all these things that I would need to stay under that dollar amount Mm -hmm. and so I pulled together all these different ideas sketched out a cart design that I liked and modified the design from other things I got inspired from and then I submitted to a friend of mine that built me my first stainless steel like espresso cart but it was also a class three food cart so I thought I would go and vend and sell at events nice and I thought that might be something I can get into and double uh, purpose. Double purpose, yeah. So yeah. I could do catering and vending. And so mm-hmm. I had a class three food cart license for a few years there. And then as I got going, I realized that vending wasn't as lucrative as catering was. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different business model, cafe versus mm-hmm. catering. And when I started running the numbers a little bit more, I realized that I need to just focus on one side and make that decision. Am I going to be more like a cafe or am I going to be more like a catering yeah. business? And so I just dove right in on the catering side after I saw the margins. But I knew that it's going to take about five years to get to where I want to go. Mm -hmm. I knew how much each cart has developed because I have two carts now. But each cart I made, I knew that it had X amount of of money in sales I could do per year. And so I was heading towards that direction, well, till COVID. uh, (laughs) Hello. 
put a little brakes on a lot yeah. of things. But that's where I got in and realized that catering was something that I enjoyed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent so much time working in uh, customer service and in cafes that I felt like I wanted something a little bit different. And I thought, well, I'm going to innovate and th- pull a niche kind of thing, go for that niche and mm-hmm. just go really well. Mm-hmm. And then I just started researching other companies that were doing it and figuring out things I like that they're doing and other things they were falling short in. And so I wanted to be that company that was yeah. covering all the bases. You literally, so, like, just made two points we talked about in our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Find a niche and find what you love and, yeah. and don't like and do that and don't do that. So yeah, we talked yeah. about that. And we literally did the same thing with our catering and coffee shops, too. It's yeah. very smart, for sure. Yeah, and, and have that long vision, right? Yeah. yeah. You need like, to have that long vision. Yeah, you can't like think... five-year projections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not like... You can't think, like, I need to pay my rent and mortgage this year with starting a business. No. You, you can't... If you can't, like, eat rice and beans for yeah. a couple of years and then know that the reward is later, then you shouldn't yeah. ever do this business. Not for you. Unless for you sure. look at it as an investment. You already have something going on. Right. Yes. You, you already have the cash flow. Yeah. But it's somebody that's like bootstrapping and unless you have a spouse that has a good income and you're not depending on your income, you can develop and 100%. grow something. Yeah. It's almost exactly how we yep. started and continued. And it, if it wasn't for that second job that I had, I don't think we would survive. Yeah. It's like it's those, hard. Th- those first few years. It's it's basically surviving on you know rice and beans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and pretty, the thing is, much. a lot of people don't know this. We didn't know this when opening our catering or coffee shops. We we're like, God, let's open a shop. And I'm like, that's it's why ex- we want to talk exciting. about this. Nobody yeah. knows this. It's such a like you're in a little cloud of excitement. And you have to have that excitement. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's part of the ingredient for success. <laughs> for it's like, sure. You gotta have excitement. You've gotta have that uh, vision. But you also have to put in the hard work. Absolutely. You have to be innovative. You, Especially for catering, you have to think of, okay, now I've got this equipment. Now I don't make really good coffee. I have everything lined up. How do I get customers? Yeah. What's next? How do I get out there? Mm-hmm. And you, <laughs> most of my stuff's been on referral base. That awesome. means every person you work for or you perform service for, you better knock it out of the park every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, make it easy. You, you can't, it can't be free. They can, can't get frustrated with you. You got to solve the problems. You have to have a positive attitude or you will completely collapse. You yeah. have to have that drive to take yeah. care of the customer. People talking is literally, yeah, number one drive for catering. That's exactly how it was for us as well. Yeah. So did you have another job or do you have another job or another business? Besides no. Uh, when I, so fortunately, I, I have a wife that had a good income coming in and we penciled it out. And nice. we did a couple dumb things at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I, I quit school, then had student loans, and then we decided to have a child. Nice. And start a company all, all the same once. Let's year. do it all at once. Okay. <laughs> so let's like literally live poor. Yeah. But, um, it's been a great experience. I don't know. I, I wouldn't change it. Started it. I definitely had tons of hurdles that I had to overcome. A lot of fun stuff along the way that just pretty much said, "Are you all in? Or are you a quitter?" And it was like, "No, I'm. I'm a fighter. I'm not giving up." It's been an interesting experience. But yeah, I'm all in, which also frees up opportunities to do other projects and work on other business ideas and and put this you put this one into practice. Figure out how to make it sustainable, and then come up with other ideas. Yeah. And I'm ADD like that. I have so much ideas in my head that someday I just need to hire somebody to keep them all organized <laughs> for me. 
But uh, you guys can talk for a really long time. I feel like you both yeah. have so much ideas. Yeah, just a matter. I'm of just doing sitting it. here <laughs> thinking, man, you are a very driven entrepreneur. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, awesome. I, I joke and I'm like, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> I, I had my first business when I was 12 years old. Nice. Um, I used to knock door to door mowing lawns and what? How old were you? How old were you, Alex, when you did that? 16? Man, I was in my ninth grade to 15. <laughs> I, my That's my crazy. grandma gave me a lawnmower and I had a mountain bike and we had lived in a little tiny town. Everybody knows everybody and I would tie the handle of the lawnmower. This is like early 90s to the back of my seat post and I would ride my bike and have a lawn route. And people would pay me; they love it. And I, would, oh, and I had so I was a kid awesome. at the arcade that had money. And I can buy yes. stuff. And all my other friends were like, what? I'm like, just work. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you get on business with me? Let's start a route. Let's That's make some so money. And funny. no kid would want to do it. I was the only one willing to go out and earn it. Hustled it. Yeah. yeah. Or in the wintertime, I, I lived in the Cascades of California. Well, the Cascades, sorry. The high Sierra Nevadas. Sorry. Thinking of Central Oregon. But, and I used to shovel driveways and shovel. Nice. There's a lot of elderly people who need something. Yeah. Seven bucks, I'll go shelving your driveway. Cool. <laughs> and back then, it was for me, that was a lot of money. But, yeah, every but, little bit. Yeah, any way to make money. Yeah, yeah. definitely I've entrepreneur mindset. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You, you, you do whatever it takes. It's the motto. <laughs> We've all been there, for sure. What would you say were the struggles of starting the catering business? Kind of backtrack a little bit. Oh, yeah. Money is a struggle. Like, yeah. <laughs> coming up with the money and making sure you're not wasting your money right away. But at the same time, like, if you have too much money... You could be wasting more money. Struggles are figuring out your brand, figuring out the message you want to speak. It's just like, how do you want to communicate that message? There's just so many different things with, with branding and like you guys have done that I highly, I actually really admire the brand because it's Thank very you. unique and different and I don't care if it's pink. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that more than you will ever know, truly. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just kidding. Risky um, pink. <laughs> I grown into liking it. Yeah. yeah. You know I got, what? I got no other options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have so many guys, older, young, every age, that are like, wow, this place is beautiful. And I'm like, my heart is exploding. You're literally just confirming yeah. that we took this risk and it works. So The thing is, color uh, is such a big thing for branding, recognition. Yeah. If you think about Starbucks, you think yeah. about that green color. Green? Yeah. What color can you actually brand, can you own? where people start recognizing you because of that color. And then a symbol. What symbol can you own? And I think the strongest brands are the ones who understand that idea, the logic behind it. And if you think about Apple, for example, mm -hmm. everybody recognizes mm -hmm. that Absolutely. Apple. It's not the cutest Apple in the world, but it's Apple. But it's an you icon that's recognizable mm -hmm. around the world. And same thing with color. It's if you have the color and you own that color, people attach the color, that meaning to your business. Yeah. And it's so important. And when you're starting, sometimes you just try to do whatever it takes. Let's see if there's traction. Let's see if it works. Yeah. yeah. And then you start figuring out the branding and the other things, right? Yeah. But it's so important to have that in mind, the branding and your story, your vision. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, from the very beginning. And so when you were starting, like you, you said, of course, there are struggles with money and resources. Was there a struggle for you regarding the branding? Like, wh what do you want to stand for? What's your brand? What's your color? I developed a brand around me as like myself and, mm -hmm. and how I see things. 
I'm also known as Angry Barista, but the, the side of me that like really cares and has compassion for people, I'm very yeah. intentional with what I do. Yeah. Hence Even if it's name. negative or positive, I'm pretty intentional. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Being Angry Barista. But <laughs> we were driving. So my wife and I, I think our daughter was eight months old or seven months old at the time. And mm-hmm. we drove to Canada on a vacation just to get out and just use my daughter's passport for the first time. And because we do other trips out of the country and we were driving up there and I was like okay I want this I want to do a coffee cart and what is it going to look like what's going to yeah. my wife's like okay well let's talk about what is that how's it what does it mean to you and then I was like really intentional about the things that mm-hmm. I do bam I love and it I like, wait a minute I love that click and then I, I have a good friend that also has a coffee roasting company called Intent Coffee Roasters. Oh, cool. And so it was like him and I were doing stuff together and he was helping me out and building that. He was a great friend to have and a resource to talk coffee. And and so I was like, this is a good little thing that like, and it works. And then my wife pulls out a napkin and starts drawing out logos because she has an art degree background and was like, That's I, so I cool. know exactly what it's going to look like. It's going to be like, just like a cup. And then the, the logo is going to pop out just like the handle, the rim of the cup pop out. And that was like her visual. And she just drew it up. Cool. That's like, awesome. Okay. <laughs> but we didn't want to make it look like blotches of coffee because I yeah. think that's done a lot. We want yeah. just this nice clean line that makes more sense. Cool. And then the black and white. We, we plan on adding color someday, too. Good job. Yes. Know, maybe pink or green. <laughs> or green. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. And then going back, Angry Barista, where did that come from? Angry Barista was came out of my Starbucks days, working at <laughs> a really high-volume Starbucks and kind of seeing the dark side of customer service. Oh, the stories, um, I'm sure. And I just got really, got me a little bitter, but then I'm like, okay, I'm here, I got to put on a, I got to put on the show. It's like acting, working in customer service, you have to be an actor and you can't take things personal. Yeah. yeah. And so I just started with the Angry Barista guy, like posting silly stuff and nothing directly like attacking coffee companies. Mm-hmm or anything but then it quickly morphed into why don't I show everybody the good side of coffee that I think they should see yeah. instead of the bad side of coffee yeah. like the angry barista is so angry that he wants to show people good coffee <laughs> and then, <laughs> then it progressed this last year into fighting for a good coffee experience that's the tagline and then having somebody roast my coffee for me and then I sell coffee online yeah. nice. just to connect with people and yeah. make brewing videos and just fun stuff that's and then discovering cool. TikTok. Nice. It's a bizarre world out there. Yeah. I got the TikTok, started it, started one for Presso, deleted it. I'm like, this is going to take over my life. Could it, couldn't stay on that path. It, it takes dedication. Like, yeah. I honestly didn't have enough time to make enough TikToks to be relevant. So I'm just like, okay. So another thing you got to realize is, like, oh, you guys probably know this, but it, it, it does take a lot of, you have to have some thick skin owning your own business and starting. Yeah. You got to know that this failed but that's a micro failure think yeah. of like the bigger picture you can get there just pick yourself back up don't judge yourself and just do the best you can the next move yeah I think that's literally one of the biggest things I've ever learned in the past three years of having the coffee shop and like four and a half with catering is like you have to move on that happened yeah. it's fine you learn from it move on you'll be fine pick yourself up yep. and dust stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> Because people For forget sure. stuff over time. Five years down the road, people are like, oh, I didn't know that happened five years ago. Yeah. I still love this place. You're <laughs> oh. like, oh, you don't remember my mistake, right? <laughs> the one that you think but about you every night. But you remember it. But sure. the customer, nobody remembers that stuff. Just, For sure. Just do the right thing and fix whatever. What I learned is if a person, if you're talking to somebody and that person asks your name, and then in a, just a moment, a few, half an hour into discussion, they forget your name. Let's say a brand new person you, you just met on the street. Mm-hmm. You realize how short term most people are. Like they don't really remember stuff. 
they only remember something that they, they see today. I've been watching a lot of influencers online, mm -hmm. YouTube influencers. And what got to me was they, re they repeat 90% of their same stuff over and over and over and over. Yeah. Because people don't remember. Yeah. People just don't remember. Yeah. And, and, there's, and they get the same viewers and more and more viewers. And it's until over time we hear about this person. We're like, oh, we connect those three subjects that they're going to talk about to that person. Because you heard of them for so long over and over. And it's the repetition is, is, is the best education. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, true. Absolutely. Even though you feel like you're like, I just said that yesterday. You say it again today and tomorrow and the next day, people will remember it eventually. The same thing For happens sure. when you work with people, right? It's, if you tell that person once, they're probably not going to remember. But if you repeat that same thing over and over, most likely they will remember and, and, and do that. And so it's interesting looking at the whole business and intention, intentional coffee Angry Barista brand, what some of the opportunities see in your business that you kind of want to go towards eventually? Maybe open a coffee shop or do something else or, or just grow your catering larger, bigger across more cities, states. Can you share some of that? Yeah, I still feel, my personal opinion is that even with the Portland market, there's about seven or eight coffee caterers Express There's not a lot. But truly. for the city, that's quite a lot. When I'm looking at like other cities, San Diego, and I'm part of a group on Instagram that were like certain kind of third wave, like higher end espresso caterers all over the country. And when I start doing the research, a lot of them are new in their markets. And we're hmm. like Nashville and Texas. Like, you know, Dallas has a few and then LA. And, but it's not like we do in Portland. But nobody's owning the market still in any of those industries. Nobody in espresso catering is owning that in each city. There's not like one brand. There yeah. might have been a few here at one point. I know of a, a local roaster here that has coffee shops and they do catering, but even they haven't owned the brand or owned being that front runner. And that is one of my, my biggest goals with the brand is being known as espresso catering. Oh, mm -hmm. that's intentional espresso. Mm -hmm. Like being known right away. Yeah. So if you go to Google and you type in Portland Wedding coffee catering my name will probably pop up first nice. so that's cool. what we're working on is yes. just creating that brand region mm. but you also have a product that a lot of people don't even know that's available even with a lot of people already out there mm -hmm. oh, I didn't even know that was a thing yep. and then you're educating them and the great and the other opportunity I get is to and this opportunity is for shops that serve high quality coffee but though there's all these customers out there who are so intimidated to walk in here yeah. and try your coffee but I'm in their offices going here try this delicious like barely very well-made mocha or vanilla latte or latte and they're tasting it like i've never had this before and it's, this is what you're having this amazing coffee experience that you normally would never have because you're so intimidated by these shops right and now i'm like when you go into the shop this is what you order yeah so now i'm creating you a customer you're educating like, so i'm people. out there educating yes. people in their offices and they get excited about yeah. drinking more coffee which drives them to the shops and so that's fun to, to walk that that experience with people yeah. watching it Fresh. but I've really been enjoying watching what happens when I'm catering and the connections and the relationships that are built during catering for sure and uh, people come to me and don't even care what's on my menu and don't even complain about anything because they're just happy I'm there yeah. or in a cafe setting they want a very specific style yeah, of drink yeah, made yeah. a certain way totally I've rarely had a complaint on a drink that's awesome that's like our 
everyday things, like making sure everyone's happy, yeah. but you get a little bit easier in. You're like, hey, yeah. I'm here to serve you. Yeah. What can I get for you? That's awesome. I love it. I miss that part of catering too. Yeah. Everyone's just so excited to see you that your day is just like instantly better. Yeah, I love another it. thing people miss with catering is they don't realize you might be only catering for two or three hours, yeah. but that's an all-day job. Yeah. Oh, I think people, thank you, people don't realize how much work actually goes in other than the actual event part. Before, after, days before, days after, yeah. all the if things. you don't have good systems in play that mm-hmm. you are, like, religiously following, it will burn you out. Yeah. Like, it should, like, I, my setup time is 60 minutes. My teardown yeah. time is 30 minutes. Nice. When we give leeway within our yeah. contracts, but that's the coolest. Yeah. But you also have sourcing everything, inventorying everything, buying your products, making sure you have it on hand, making sure your machine's actually going to turn on when you get to location. <laughs> like, it doesn't blow up. So you have to make sure yeah. everything is in top condition all the time. Yeah, for sure. Because um, your equipment cannot fail. You're doing like a, a 350-person yeah. Russian wedding. And you've got <laughs> this machine's got to be cranking out drinks. Yeah. It fails. What do you do? What do you be like? Sorry, bride. Here's a refund. Like <laughs> you're giving me flashbacks. Yeah. you're oh, giving yeah. me flashbacks from our catering days. For sure. I feel like that is a really good point when you're catering is to have your like steps. Get yes. it done. Get have a time frame. I feel like you made a really good point. It'll burn you out if you don't have some sort of protocols because we were getting to the burnout stage, but it was also because all three of us involved had full-time jobs outside of catering oh too. Yeah. So that was that made it harder. Time. Yeah, so you didn't get downtime. So I think it made it harder to have the protocols and the all the lists and stuff. But yeah. what advice would you give to future coffee catering owners or someone who's interested in owning a coffee catering yeah. business? It's funny. There's something that I've been talking about this last year. Is you need to understand that. In what my business, you first have to understand you're going to be wearing three hats. You're going to have operations, which is like the day-to-day, the catering, putting things together. You're going to have your marketing and sales area, which is like your social media and contacting people, building email lists, like anything it takes to get attention. Mm -hmm. You want to get attention, like I'm here. And then you have your admin side, which is more of like, how do I actually manage this business financially? How do I do QuickBooks? How do I keep my inventory? How do I know I'm making good margins? You have all these these three, and that's the three hats that I have to like constantly juggle and there's days where I'm only in one side and like yeah. oh no I gotta go make time tonight at midnight to do the books and so you understand that you're wearing all these hats and and actually know that you're getting into it and know that it's okay it's okay to work a bunch there's nothing wrong with that and uh, it's just knowing what you're getting yourself into yeah. but if you have good goals and you, you per- have a business that's sustainable that can grow to hire on people on your team and you can pay them a decent wage then you can give those roles over as you feel yeah. comfortable yeah yeah so it, and that takes a lot of time. That's you. always nice, though. Yeah, when you can. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but then you're empowering somebody else to be a part of your brand yeah. and like giving them some freedom to help grow it with you. For sure. I really hope you guys become the go-to coffee catering. You are probably one of the two I know in this area. Yeah. And we, when we were doing it, I think there were two or three other ones other than you guys. I didn't know about, I think it's, I don't remember their name, but I know there's one more. But there were a few, and they've all fizzled out, yes. including our catering. We built into a coffee shop. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to stay mm-hmm. in it. It's not as easy as people think, for yeah. sure. You've got to build relationships, be professional. Have, yes. Like, when I have corporations signing up with me, I have an e-signature system with my contracts. Um, you're getting an invoice that looks professional. Yes. Like, I have a business line. Like, you have to pay for all this mm-hmm. stuff. So the cost of running a mm-hmm. quality system does cost money. Yeah. <laughs> So you can't just half, sorry, half fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to do it 100% for sure. Yeah. What do you do other than catering weddings? You mentioned you 
cater yeah, weddings. Yeah, any private events, uh, corporate events, uh, appreciation events. Nice. Fundraisers. Done stuff in the convention center for some big names. Ooh. What's your favorite? Which, what which, do you like to do the most out of any catering? Which event? What type of event oh, is your favorite? I don't know. They're all so different. It's hard to say favorite. Yeah. I don't know. That's hard. <laughs> weddings are hard, but there is also fun to weddings. Yes. But they do take a whole lot more work, which you need to charge accordingly for weddings. Yeah. Even if it's the same guest count at a wedding versus a corporate event, your wedding's going to cost you more to operate. Yeah. Makes um, sense. Corporate events, I uh, had a few that fizzled out that I was excited for. One with Ferrari, and of course, we just oh had the God. COVID thing happen, and so they had to cancel that, but That's it would have been fun. That's a sad one. Can you drive me around in a Ferrari, please? <laughs> yeah, I'm exchange for catering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's been fun to network with companies like Indeed.com. I did some cool. events for them year after year, and doing some of the hospital systems. But actually, they're, oh, no, no. So I do have some favorites. So I also partner up with an organization called Embrace Oregon, oh, cool. which is through the Every Child program through Contingent, which is working with foster families. Yes. And not this year or last year, due to circumstances, we hope to get back to this, but we go out and cater all the DHS offices to the child, like the child welfare offices, and actually just give them a moment to drink a delicious cup of coffee That's and awesome. just let off some steam. Yes. And just be there to support them because they have really freaking hard jobs dealing with the the dark side of humanity. And so I actually, one of those, I I really like doing that. And just seeing the joy on their faces. Oh my gosh, we get a really fancy coffee cart in our office. (laughs) This is amazing. And so those are my favorites when I'm doing charity stuff. Cool. I feel like the connection with the people is the best. Whatever. Everything else happens, but making people happy is the best. It is fun doing weddings when you see the family of a family of a family. Like, you did my cousin's wedding, you did my brother's wedding, you did my sister's wedding. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody knows me. I'm like, should I remember their drinks? Yeah. Oh, no. There's so many of them. So many. But that's always fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think it sounds like you you really enjoy what you do. Mm -hmm. And that's the key to really make it work. Yeah. Because uh, it's hard work. Like... A lot of people have the dream of maybe opening a coffee shop one day, doing this one day, but they don't uh, ever really start. Some, many of them just live on the dream. Yeah. And then many of them started and fizzle out because they realize how much work it requires. A lot of work. It's like when we started our own catering, we realized that we burnt ourselves out. Sure, it was fun. But I'm glad we had a strong vision and a dream. When we started, we were like, man, someday we'll have a coffee shop. We don't know how that's going to happen, but let's just work towards that goal. And that's why going back to the last question I I asked, it was like the opportunity through the struggle. There's definitely that opportunities and, and that vision that carries you, that momentum that, you know, carries you through the struggles. And it sounds like you know what you're doing. Thanks. I sure hope so. I know. Sometimes you're like, am I doing this right? Yeah, but I think in any, any business you create, there's no A through Z yes. look. Oh, my like, gosh. It's just do what you can at that moment, make yeah. the decision, move on, and just yeah. hopefully you don't make such so many bad micro decisions that you <laughs> fail completely. But hopefully yeah. if you do, you still learn from it and try again. Don't Yeah, definitely don't give up. 100%. Yeah, another thought to it is like, What's unique about running a business is you can fall down or, let's say, fail with your idea, but that doesn't give the, it basically doesn't put you as a failure. 
you know, work. like yeah. one thing after another, as long as you keep moving, yeah, moving along. Well, the it's journey. only a failure if you don't uh, learn from it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you hear that, and then until you go through it, you're like, oh, that's what that means. And knowing <laughs> being a business it. owner, you're going to be humbled a lot. Yeah. Yeah, your ego gets thrown out the window really quick. Yeah. Because there's and so many people that, doing it better than yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Seriously, you're like, oh, I'm not that great. Yeah, just, <laughs> just live and learn. Yeah. 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 Again, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the show, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pleasure talking with you about your business, how you started. If anybody was interested in reaching out to you, how can they find you? Yeah. You can find me either by going on Mm intentionalespresso.com or angrybarista.com or on Instagram. Yes. Or Facebook. You know, Google. Angry Barista is on TikTok. Yeah, I don't have a lot of videos yet. I feel like I have to make like 20 million videos a day. Seriously. Can't keep up with that, but it's just been fun learning the platform. Awesome. Well, definitely everyone needs to check you out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're excited to see where you're going to be in five years. I think you'll be around for sure. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening to our fifth episode of the Hello Coffee podcast. Follow along on our journey as we continue to share experiences and stories. DM us any questions you'd like answered on our Instagram page at Hello Coffee Podcast. Tune in the next episode where we'll be talking about how we decided to open up our first coffee shop. And thanks for listening. Bye, guys. <laughs>